Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. Alyssa Master Monaco is sick, but she will be joining us in just a bit. Okay, so Taylor Swift fans have proven that they're capable of nearly superhuman hyperfixation on details. That's how we kind of know publicly what's coming next from Taylor without her having to even say anything. I think that would make them great detectives. So here's a prompt to get you thinking this week. If Taylor Swift fans were put in charge of the FBI... What is the first unsolved crime they'd solve? Hysteria at Crooked.com. Let us know. Okay, we have a really fun show today. We're going to talk about news, talk about Nikki Haley. She's still got the juice to carry on past New Hampshire. We'll see. We're going to talk a little bit about more of Trump's legal woes, and we're going to give you an update on trans-related laws across the country and some Supreme Court moves on the issue. And then we've got a panel. We have Megan Gailey and Dana Schwartz joining us to talk about the concept of homewrecking, why women get blamed for breaking up marriages when men are equally involved, and whether or not we have a right to call, quote-unquote, homewrecking women not a girl's girl. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast for people who hated the Iowa caucus before it was cool. Alyssa, when was the first time you realized you hated the Iowa caucus? Erin, in all of the campaigns dating back 20 years, 20 years at this point, I have never been to the Iowa caucus. Congratulations. I have always been the nut nut who's like, you know what? I should go to New Hampshire. Um, Yeah. So, but we're past that now. On to the great Northeast. Yeah, we are past that on to the great Northeast. I, I got to say, there is a part of me, and I think there's a part of a lot of people listening, who, you know, once the Iowa caucuses are done, they're like, good. I don't need to, yeah. think, I don't need to think about Iowa anymore. And I got to say, it's gone downhill over the course of my lifetime. Iowa is a it state— It has. This is very— bo- well, Also, the Republican caucus is very boring. They come in, talk, write their name on a paper, and they're done. There's yeah. no, like— you know, like with the Democrats, or at least the old way the Democrats did it, was like you go in, you vote, your person doesn't hit the threshold, so you toss your votes to someone else. It's much more animated and dynamic. Yeah, it's like the New York City mayoral race, but exactly. with real people. I, I mean, here's the thing, though. I, I know I'm being flippant about Iowa, and Iowans, before you send us an angry email, hysteria at crooked.com, before you send us an airy, <laughs> angry email, I just want to say um, that you don't actually get to forget about Iowa until four years from now. You don't. Right. Because it is going to be a matter of weeks before that state's wackadoodle Republican-controlled state government tries to pass something like overturning the 14th Amendment or sending troops to Mexico unilaterally or, like, invading Illinois. Iowa's state government is not in a great spot right now. And, and, And the way that crazy laws become our problem they go from small red states that you really have no reason to visit unless you're a very gifted writer that gets into the <laughs> writing workshop. Um, they go from problems within that state to your problem because 
There is a conservative legal strategy to introduce crazy laws in little states, get them appealed up to the Supreme Court, get the Supreme Court to say, actually, this crazy law is fine, and then it's your problem. So we got to pay attention. If you are an Iowan, you got to pay attention to your state government. If you're not an Iowan, you got to keep an eye on what's going on in Iowa because it might become your problem. And with that... Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Nikki Haley. Let's talk about Nikki Haley because we might not have very much more time to talk about Nikki Haley. Um, Nikki Haley came in third in the Iowa caucuses on Monday. She was neck and neck with second place Ron DeSantis and a long, long way behind Donald Trump, who was the winner. Uh, Both DeSantis and Haley are claiming that they're trouncing at the golf shoes of Trump. Um, (laughs) Is good, actually. Both of them are saying, you know, second and third place actually is a little bit like winning. Um, But it should also be noted that due to inclement weather, uh, something like 14% of Iowa Republicans voted in the caucuses, which means that Donald Trump got about 7% of Iowa Republicans. And from that, we are extrapolating that Donald Trump has a lot of momentum. A lot of support. A lot of support. Um, so, you know, next week we or next week we're going to be talking about um, America's fourth whitest state, New Hampshire. We're going to be moving up from <laughs> Iowa, America's eighth whitest state, and these two states, for some reason, still determine the direction that we have decided the election is going. Um, but let's talk about Nikki Haley. Haley actually has a shot to win in New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. that would make her the first Republican woman to win a state-level primary. Alyssa, does that matter? Sure. It's great, right? I mean, because, well, Republicans care about women so much, I'm sure they're going to put her on a coin or a dollar bill or something at some point. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, it's. I think it's good. I, You know, it's better than them never having a woman win a primary. Yeah. So, yay, Nikki. If, if she actually wins. Yeah, I know. I, here's right? the, Yeah. Here, like, <laughs> here's something that sort of is like irksome is the way that, and, and this has always been bothersome to me because it doesn't make any sense just like as a concept, momentum, the idea of momentum. Momentum's You're, a lie. Okay. What do you mean by that? Okay. To me, a lay person who has a podcast with her dear friend, momentum is something that was devised by cable news back in 2004. That's like people believe if they if people are saying she's got momentum, it makes it more exciting. Like right now, Donald Trump becoming the nominee is essentially a fait accompli. Like it's going to be really fucking hard for anyone to stop him. But by saying, but Nikki's got momentum. Well, people are going to tune in to New Hampshire. They're going to see what's going on. It might drive voter turnout because people like, you know, if people think that the delta between she and Trump is so big that, you know, why bother going out? They don't want that. So like momentum, momentum, because they want to build the story. I mean, Aaron, let us just rewind to 2004. John Kerry cruising along, doing great. All of a sudden, Howard Dean has momentum. John Kerry dead in the water going into Iowa. And then what happens? All that momentum, in air quotes, that Howard Dean uh, had in theory was undone by one scream when he was listing a bunch of states and he was like, ah, and that killed his momentum. How can momentum be real if that can kill momentum? Yeah. Is it a sound? Is it a sound that a sound can kill? I think, you know, it sort of reminds me of that. You bring up a good point that the media, the media's best interests are served by making people think that they need to keep tuning into the media. By there being a race. 
Exactly. Exactly. And that's and I think that's why we hear a lot of horse race politics, a lot of stuff that is sort of kind of political astrology as we yeah. and not, not to not to like insult astrology here, but something that is sort of like taking a look at a bunch of factors that may or may not have bearing on the future and trying to predict the future. Um, and I also think it's it reminds me a little bit of, you know, when you're watching a football game and it's like the end of the third quarter and the score, let's say it's like the Packer Cowboy game. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah. And like the Packers are up so much that there is no way that the Cowboys are gonna win. And there right. gets to a point where the announcers start to sound a little bored. You know? A hundred percent. Aaron, this is the perfect analogy for political momentum. <laughs> yes, exactly. We're at the point where there is no longer a case to be made, I think, for uh, for pundits to say like, okay, well, you know, this could happen, this could happen, this could happen. It becomes a little bit more and more transparently an attempt to keep people tuning in when it's just like, I don't know. I, I mean, it, I guess I guess people want to make their jobs more interesting. I mean, I would too. I would if I if this look for us, it is obviously more interesting if there's an actual race because if there is an actual race, then people have to talk about actual policies and you have to be actually compared. Right. But right now, I mean, I gotta say, Nikki, baller move being like, I'll debate Trump, but not DeSantis. I already did it. I mean, I'm like, all right. That is the first time I've been like, all right, let's see where this goes. I was mm -hmm. very interested. I didn't think Trump would debate her, but I did think it was a, uh, it was a, 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 you know, it was a play and it worked. It was a savvy move. Yeah. Nikki Haley has uh, refused to do any more Republican debates unless Trump participates. And as a result, the debate that was supposed to take place this Thursday, the 18th, is uh, no longer going to happen. Yeah. Nobody wants to listen to Ron DeSantis talk for an hour and a half I mean, I think we can all agree DeSanctimonious is, in fact, the correct nickname. Yeah. By the way, I was listening to NPR the other morning, and they started pronouncing it Ron DeSantis, which they weren't because doing before. Because they've become confused because they've heard DeSanctimonious too many times. No, I think it's because it sounds like Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis, our drag Rhonda. queen name. Maybe, Ron oh, Rhonda. Yeah, Ron DeSantis. So unless they take a moment to pause and say Ron DeSantis, it sounds like they're calling him Ron DeSantis. Which That's perfect. I know. You're I mean, right. Yeah. I had not thought about that, but it does sound like Ron DeSantis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and that's how Donald Trump says it, so it's it's extra funny. Um, <laughs> so I just kind of want to talk a little bit about the way that Nikki Haley has run her campaign um, and the way that her fellow Republican candidates have kind of handled her. Like, there's definitely been some sexism, and I hate to sort of be like, wee-oo, wee-oo, sexism, you know, and, and, and run to the defense of a person who, if given the opportunity, would gladly sign away the rights of millions totally. of women. Um, but I do hate Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis. And I think that he deserves to be called out when he is doing some sexism. Um, DeSantis's allies and spokespeople and people who kind of are in the media talking for him have compared her to Nancy Pelosi and like, Hillary okay. Clinton. Okay. I mean, but what's what's similar, Ron? What's what do they have in common? What's are similar? They people who get mammograms. Uh, I mean, 
I, if Nikki Haley got a mammogram and announced that she gets mammograms and everybody should get mammograms, I would find that a very respectable move. I agree uh, with that. But I, I think, honestly, woman like other woman is like a, a silly, stupid, sexist thing. But it also brings up the fact that Nikki Haley is a Republican woman. She has laid down her lot with people who don't really think that she's fully a human being because she's a woman. And she's willing to maybe capitulate. She's willing to yield a little bit of that just to be able to try to do this. Mm -hmm. But but here's the thing. I think that there is an undercurrent among conservative women who believe that if they align themselves with conservative men— and yeah. and want conservative men to have power, then they will be protected from the things that conservative men do to other women. So if they align themselves, but they're not. They're not. The second that they, the second that Hilarious. you are. Hilarious. Yeah. The Hilarious. second that you're an inconvenience to them, the second that you stand in the, between them and something that they want, they will absolutely do to you what they would do to any woman who is as far outside of their ideal compliant woman that you Without could imagine. question. Without question. I mean, question. Donald Trump, Donald Trump has gone from Nikki Haley, so loyal, she was at the UN, did so much, to she's a bad negotiator, she begged for the job, she's unreliable, she's incompetent. So like, girl, what do you think everyone else is going to do to you when this is over? <laughs> Except Ron DeSantis, though, too. I mean, like, I'm not saying Trump is subtle, he's the opposite. But Ron DeSantis is the essence of, like, a guy who preps for a debate and is just trying to make fetch happen. Like, when I was listening to the debate last week or earlier this week, whenever the fuck it was, and he just kept saying, the pastel colors of Nikki Haley, we need bold colors. We need bold colors. Nikki Haley is all pastel colors. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the best you can do? Also, what? Grow up, you fucking baby. If you're a man who can't handle pastel colors, like, like, or the pale anything. pastels is what he kept saying. I bet he's a person who won't eat yogurt unless it comes in black packaging and it's called like dick cream or something like that. You know, like I was going to say Dan and fruit on the bottom, but okay. No, 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 no. I mean, but but th- this is something that we that you know every once in a while you go to the grocery store or you see a product marketed and you're like, why is this marketed for men in such a ugly, weird, clunky way? Why can't men just? Take the thing like Diet Coke. Just, yeah, Why can't just men make just drink it normal? Diet Coke? No, we got to put in a black can Coke Zero. Ugh. No, it's Diet Coke with a different type of artificial sweetener that is being marketed to men because men don't want to do things that women like to do because it they are afraid that somehow breaching the like hard they're fast not lines. dudes anymore. Yeah, they're 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 gay now. They're, <laughs> like it's just it's so. <laughs> so stupid, but He's you know, exhausting. M- men like Ron DeSantis are literally why there has to be separate men's and women's body wash <laughs> because it's exactly like, it's like when uh, really everyone smelling like eucalyptus is just fine. It's absolutely just not like who cares? You're not gonna who you're cares? not gonna grow a vagina by using uh, by using soap that is not scented like Axe body spray. Oh, You're not so going to grow a vagina by having a female president. And that's that's the thing, though. I think that that undercurrent, uh, I'm not going to say that like, oh, yeah, all progressive and liberal men are not sexist, which totally, totally, totally false. You and I know very well, there. not whole other thing, but the sort of blatant, fragile masculinity, I cannot do anything girly or it threatens my manhood, that 
runs much more strongly yeah. in conservative circles. And so I think that, you know, there, there's been some chatter. We've joked around about it, joked around while crying, um, <laughs> about the possibility that the first female president in the U.S. could be a woman, like a yeah. Margaret Thatcher type figure, <clears throat> which I think is is altogether possible. Um but I also think that there's a pretty high hurdle for her, for Nikki Haley, or for any Republican woman in the future to clear. And that is the fact that undergirding American conservative conservatism now more than ever is an anti-woman patriarchal right. belief that women should not be in charge of things and, in fact, should not even be able to control their own lives. So somehow if a woman is able to navigate the mental gymnastics necessary for millions of people to just— give her power, even though no other women deserve power. Um, yeah, I, I guess I will be impressed by that, By stra but stranger things have happened. Well, right, because it's like, really, for all intents and purposes, if there were to be a Republican woman who, in theory, should be the first Republican president, Liz Cheney. The, pr like, the first female president would first, be, yeah. Right? If, if, if that's how it were to shake out. But they couldn't, the Republicans couldn't handle her. They were mm -hmm. like, she's too much. She's just too much. And so... You know, but that's here we are. It's it's. I think that the only model or the the most uh, viable model here would be like the Phyllis Schlafly model, uh, a woman who her full time job was traveling around the country talking about how women should stay home with their kids while someone else stayed home with her kids. When she really was doing all this because all she wanted was a job at the Department of Defense. Whoa, that's not very girly. That's going to, you girly. know what? A girl works at the Department of Defense. That's going to be, they're going to collect the dicks day one. Put them in a right. big basket. Big basket of dicks right at the door of the Department of Defense. No, you can't, have, you can't have chicks working at the Department of Defense. Are you kidding, Phyllis? And so she never did. Can I just say I'm, gl I'm glad. Let me finish this sentence before you react. I'm glad that Phyllis Schlafly died believing that Hillary Clinton would be president. She died in, like, June 2016 or July 2016. I think that when she died, she believed that Hillary Clinton was going to be the president. I think you're right. I love wow. that for her. That I is dark, but also true. <laughs> I mean, that's the least that she deserved after she it's almost single-handedly torpedoed the Equal Rights Amendment. Um, yeah, she sucked. She sucked. Um Let's talk about the E. Jean Carroll trial. Uh, is there anything new to Speaking talk about? Speaking of Alyssa? sucking. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, as you know, and listeners can probably tell, I am not feeling my best today. I'm a little congested. And you, got the, uh, you, you got the double COVID. I got the COVID. I got the COVID. and It's uh, happening to everybody now. It's it's around. People do not sleep on it. It is not. Uh, I am I am feeling I'm feeling struck pretty hard, but because I of this, can't believe I you're sleep. here today. I can't believe you're I would here never today. leave you. I would oh, never leave you. This ever. is like seriously commitment. We this have never you you see. I just got it yesterday. I just started feeling badly yesterday. But you did the show when you were like three days into COVID. You you weren't great. This is just what we do. That's true. This is what we, we do. We, this is what we do. <laughs> Our brains are Swiss cheese. But and we are here. What we, do. we are here talking so, about very important topics. Very important. And I couldn't sleep, and so I have been up watching the E. Jean Carroll trial today. Um, as we record here on Wednesday, E. Jean Carroll has been on the stand for hours testifying against Donald Trump. 
Donald Trump attended the defamation trial uh, yesterday in New York. He sat about 10 feet away from E. Jean. Um, he was found responsible for sexually abusing her in the 90s in a civil trial. Trump was in the courtroom for jury selection yesterday, but left right before opening statements began to go to a campaign rally in New Hampshire. Make no mistake. These are nothing but campaign events for him. His, he knows that he will be on TV, Aaron. That is mm -hmm. what this is. A lot of cable networks are not carrying him. And so he's using all these trials, all these trials up and down the East Coast um, to get on TV and have people see him to portray himself as a victim. Now, he and E. Jean had not been in the same room for decades. Um, so I personally have a stomach ache for her. I could not imagine how hard it was for her to have to be in the room with him after all these years. Um, he was not present when her attorney, Sean Crowley, told the jury how Trump had upended uh, E. Jean's life, that they needed to return a verdict large enough to make him stop targeting her. E. Jean testified that he's robbed her of any sense of safety or security, that he has shattered her reputation. As president, he used the world's largest bully pulpit to target her, and now he's claiming she's clearly good at public relations and is benefiting. He believes she is benefiting, Aaron, from this courtroom fiasco. Uh, you know, first of all, E. Jean Carroll is a, I kind of love her style Brave of writing. bitch. Yeah, I, but I also love her as a writer. Totally. I, it's it's like very I don't want to say like throwbacky in a in a condescending way, but it's sort of like harkens back to this kind of like sassy '90s style writing, um, not sassy magazine, but like you know women's <laughs> magazines in the in the '90s that had a sort of like edge and attitude to them. Her mm -hmm. Substack is a lot of fun, um, and she's. I think really tough the fact that she's gone through all of this and that she filed a second lawsuit after she won in the first one um, and is like, okay, it reminds me of that scene at the end of or during Breakfast Club when Judd Nelson's character keeps shouting and the principal keeps increasing his detention. Yeah. That's totally sort of legally Another what is a great analogy. That's like legally what is happening to Donald Trump right now. Uh yeah. But you know, maybe we'll get a cool Breakfast Club style movie out of it. One thing I that's either later today or tomorrow, depending on how the court case goes, she will, uh, E. Jean Carroll will be cross-examined by Trump's attorneys, which you can only imagine how horrible that is for her. But we can hope that they go way too far, as they always do, and end up painting her as highly credible and that she gets the additional $10 million in compensatory and punitive damages that she is seeking. So I have a question. Mm. How? Which lawyers are these? Is this is this the 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 glass gargler or is he t is he like? How, where are the so lawyers running around? That like you ask that because I actually tried figuring that out and could not get to the bottom of it. Yeah, I mean he's got a he's got such a vast legal team. I wonder if. But does he? Like I mean, that's he has the thing. to. He's got he's got stuff going on in Georgia. He's got stuff going on in D.C. He's got two things going on in in New York right now. It's like, it, you can't, I mean, he's got, if he does not have separate lawyers on every trial, he's probably racking up a lot of, like, they're probably racking up airline status, flying in between right. all the court. Well, because you know he's not going to pay them, so it's not like they're getting rich off of this. Yeah, that's true. I wonder what's in it for them. Maybe they've uh, all committed crimes and he's promised to pardon them after he become, if Aaron, he becomes we president just, again. Aaron, we just got a live update from Caroline, who uh -huh. is getting updates from the trial. 
And just moments ago, the judge asked Trump to keep his voice down when conferring with his lawyers in front of the jury. What a menace to society. Oh, my God. And I mean, then, but I'm not laughing because he could reasonably be president. And so, you know. Update number two. Trump is reacting physically and loudly to Carol's testimony. Oh God. Honestly, it sounds like the Salem witch trials when the, like, girls were screaming when, you know, Goody Proctor or whatever was, like, on the oh. stand. Yeah. yeah. He just what a what a baby. Do we want somebody that's that emotionally dysregulated no. as president? No, he really cannot he cannot be trusted. He's too emotional. I think it's I mean, he is way too emotional and dysregulated. I'm mean, gonna use therapy speak. He's dysregulated's emo- a great word. Yeah, he's emotionally dysregulated, but that is not what you want in a leader. <laughs> it's not what you want in somebody that you sit next to on an airplane. It's not what you want in a person. In any any profession. No, a person that's in, ahead of you getting picking up a prescription at CVS. You don't want, he's just not fit for society, uh, society. In, in general. Yeah. Gross. Okay. So, uh Finally, rounding up news today, it's been a minute since we've done a deeper dive into the state of trans rights in the U.S. Um, So there's, like, attempts to curtail them, there's attempts to defend them, and where both efforts stand in the cold molasses that is our court system. So a lot of the states that we're about to talk about are kind of the usual suspects when it comes to opposing bodily autonomy. A lot of places that have anti-trans laws working their way through the system are also first in line to restrict access to health care for hmm. women, reproductive health care, it is a through line controlling the bodies of people who the patriarchy believes should be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to remember that state-level fuckery, like we said earlier in the show, is what gets escalated through the courts to the Supreme Court. So that's why we have to pay attention to these things, even though it is unpleasant. Okay. So this week, the Missouri legislature is hearing seven anti-trans bills that attempt to legalize bathroom bans and healthcare discrimination. Um, I just want to point out the things that people in Missouri are not taking care of. There is a, there's a public education crisis in that state. Yep. And uh, lawmakers are not doing jack shit to address that. No, but there are seven anti-trans bills. Seven anti-trans bills, and several of them relate to bathroom bans. So they're not really concerned with, like, keeping schools open and functional five days no. a week. But they are making sure that if the schools are not condemned buildings— Trans kids cannot use the bathrooms of their gender. Right. It It, it is ridiculous. Um, similarly, last week, West Virginia introduced nine new anti-trans bills, one of which would prevent gender-affirming care access until the age of 21. And to the age of 21, 21. after people are legal adults. And can drink. And can go, like, be in the Do army. Whatever. Yeah, you can, exactly. You could have been in the army you can, for years. You can sacrifice your body to the United States of America, but you cannot make a decision about your body when it comes also, to— Also, maybe they should focus on the opioid crisis. No, West Virginia is famously one of the states with the fewest problems. <laughs> famously. Alice is holding a cat like a like a— Child. He's a chunky baby. He's a chunky baby. He, <laughs> that is he's missed hysteria. He had to come. He came in early today. Oh, Simply. that's that's great. Yeah, he's got opinions on the problems in West Virginia. He does. He's mad. He's pretty mad about it. Um, yeah, I mean, this is something that we've talked about a lot, but every state that is trying this fuckery is using finite and precious time to focus on this rather than real problems. Okay? So they're not 
They're not fixing any. They're not helping you. They're not doing anything for anybody. There's nothing. They are showboating. Nothing of value. Nothing of value. They're auditioning for unpaid hits on Fox News because their lives are so empty, so empty, and they were raised with not enough attention or too much attention. Clearly, and they're they're making it all of our problems now. It is it is truly egregious, and also like, come on, man, like you're you're picking on the most disenfranchised group possibly in the U.S. Right. Like, Just let people be. Leave Why does it hurt you alone. so much? Leave Why does it alone. hurt you personally so much, lawmakers, who should be doing other things to let people just be? My God. The other day I was in a public park in L.A., and I was going to go use the women's bathroom. And, you know, public restrooms in public parks can sometimes be a little bit sketchy. Yeah. And I was about to go into the women's room, and I was like, uh, I don't know. Is this going to be safe? And then I had this thought about, like— how lawmakers have invented this scenario where (laughs) if they allow trans people to use the bathrooms that match their gender identity, men will hide in the women's bathroom and attack, but not otherwise. Not otherwise. I was just like, look, there is no psycho in the city of Los Angeles that would see a sign that's like, oh, wait, I can't go into that bathroom and wait and attack people. I want to commit murder, but I shouldn't go in that I'm going to follow the signs. The statute says— that I that I must go into the bathroom that matches my gender assigned or my my gender assigned at birth. So, I'm sorry, ladies, gonna have to attack you from these bushes instead of the bathroom. Doesn't it's it's dumb. so it's so dumb. It makes me feel like I've been breathing too quickly, like lightheaded. Oh, it is yes. like a lightheaded stupid. Um, and then in Ohio, uh, some trans candidates are trying to run for office, but they're getting disqualified or challenged because there's this rusty, rickety old law from the 1920s that requires candidates to improve, to include any name changes on petitions that would get them on the ballot. So this was, was not, com- yeah, not communicated, not communicated to candidates and sort of like cruel to trans people to force them to use their dead name on right. applications to run for public office. Like, why is that relevant? It's The cruelty is the point. The cruelty is the point. I think I, I can see a world in which it would be relevant if somebody changed their name after, like, a criminal conviction. And you want, like— Yeah, you want to start life fresh. Right. But, like, you also want to know that about your elected officials. But I think that that could be specifically written into the law. Like, if you have a—if you changed your name— for, you know, after— Crimes. Yeah, for crimes. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't be running for office at all. I don't know. I'm just spitballing laws here. Uh, and they seem more well thought out than a lot of laws in the states of West Virginia yes. and Missouri. Um, let's let's move on to something worthy of, like, tepid applause. Okay. The Supreme Court has dodged having to make a federal-wide decision about bathroom bans. Thank God. Yeah, so um, there is a school district in Indiana that had attempted to force its students to use bathrooms that matched their sex assigned at birth. Right. So trans students weren't allowed to use the bathroom that matched their current gender expression. Um, the st- the you know they were sued. A lower court said that actually the school can't do that, and the Supreme Court decided to not hear the case, which means the lower court right. ruling stands, stands, which means that that ban can't be enforced, which I think is good. We'll take it. 
We'll take it. I mean, it's like non-action by the Supreme Court, but the 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 standards. But it's and exp- good. It's it's and a lot of these things. It's like, please, just yeah. The expectations just, are so low that it's like I know. Honestly, Clarence Thomas not coming out and being like, "No more women talking." Would like is <laughs> is like, a, oh, okay, wow, that's that's actually great. Thanks, guys. Um, a couple of little heartwarming stories. Pedro Pascal. America's boyfriend, I would think, right now. He's cute. He, everybody loves him. Everybody loves a Pedro Pascal. I don't want to hear any bad stories about him. No, keep him to yourself if you have him. Keep, we just, don't want just him. for the next like month, I just want to hold him in my heart as like just this wonderful celebrity who does nice things and is really good at his job. Um, he brought his trans sister to the Emmys, and they looked super adorable. Um, plus, Yosha Iglesias is the first out trans woman to become an international chess master. Killing it. That's fun. Queen's can Gambit season two. Can you play chess? Uh, I can. Should I is the operative question. And the answer uh, is no. One, one of those things I've been thinking of taking up. It's it's frustrating. <laughs> it's frustrating. Uh, it requires a lot of like catastrophizing. Actually, if you're a person who's really good at catastrophizing, um, you would be good at chess because oh. you have to think about all the different ways that that things can go wrong. That's that's chess. Think about all the different oh. ways that things can go wrong. Here's the thing. I am good at that, but I actually don't think I should tap into that side of myself. <laughs> yeah. It might cause you a little bit of anxiety. Um, <laughs> but it is like a nice, you know, if you play with somebody whose energy matches yours and you're sort of like a, nobody's getting too worked up about it, it can be fun. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Also, there's something really satisfying about like moving the pieces. Like on a, I agree. a marble. I That's, what's, that's yeah. what is interesting me in all this. I'm like, oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, you should try it and report back. You're going to start a chess business. Alyssa's Three Dancing Bears just Chess. Wait. You just wait. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's all the time for, we have today for news. When we come back, we've got personal political with a panel. Ooh. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. 
love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have to. I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a a couch nap. You know, you have, like, a, oh yeah. you've got, like, maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a, like, small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just, like, lay down for 20 minutes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. 
Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast that thinks a funnier title for Extreme Makeover Home Edition would have been Homewreckers. <laughs> IRS HGTV. I think every every HGTV show should be renamed Homewreckers. The Homewrecking Brothers. They really, I mean, honestly, a lot of the homes do get wrecked. Have you mm-hmm. seen any of those trading spaces episodes where mm-hmm. the couples come in and they yes. hate it? Yes. And they can't even, they can't even pretend no, they yes. hate it so much. Yes. Oh, my God. The trading spaces where people hate it is its own genre. Yeah. Homewreckers would be actually a good show. A good prank mm-hmm. show. I think least. it would be hilarious. Extreme Home Makeover messed up a lot of those houses because your house should not actually be extreme makeovered in 24 hours. <laughs> like, no. there should be, it should be up to code. There should be some bureaucracy <laughs> to it. Yeah, there's like plastic fires in the fireplace. Uh, when like, they put like a car wash in, they were like, like the, your kid has leukemia. We're giving you a car wash. It's like, they don't <laughs> want that. It's like the equivalent of the Pimp My Rides. Yes. Like, that cannot be street legal. No. I loved Exhibit doing my yes i always i always thought a good crossover like a special like april fool's day episode would be a crossover of punked and pimp my ride so like they think their ride is going to get pimped they're a really bad person (laughs) they're selected by mtv and like exhibit comes is like we're gonna pimp your ride and then uh ashton kutcher is like ha ha here's your ride yeah (laughs) and, and they have to drive like humiliate like in humiliation away um so the voices you're hearing we're gonna bring in our panel because you know they're excited and they jumped in and they're they should because they're comfortable here they're part of the family uh we're gonna bring in our panel what we're gonna talk about today is not extreme home makeovers but it is home wrecking our first panel is type of home makeover it's a type of extreme home <laughs> extreme home makeover i think should be the episode title um or extreme home wreckover i don't know our first panelist is an author and the host of the podcast, Noble Blood, Dana Schwartz. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. It's so good to see. What What have you been up to? I've honestly just been up to, like, being in my writing cave, like, so bad that, I, like, my shoulders are having problems, oh, no. that I'm just, like, hunched over a laptop constantly. So seeing your beautiful faces is, like, the highlight of my week. Do you get those Instagram ads that are like, put this weird thing on your back and it'll make you sit upright? And the Instagram ads know me because they figured out that Taylor Swift wore <gasps> wore one of those sports bras. And the Instagram ad is like, you should get the bra that will fix your posture. Taylor Swift wore it. And I'm like— wow. You know me. I'm every day. It's it's ebbing away at my at my willpower. Are you on the like million long list for one of those NFL jackets, like the one that Taylor Swift made or was wearing? No, I honestly I did love it, and I was like very impressed and happy. But it's like a I don't like football, and b I live in Los Angeles. But I'm That's happy true. for everyone else who wears those. You jackets. could get one of like Ian's like festival T-shirts. Yeah, that would be really cute. Could turn it into like a like a like a kind of vest that like a fringy festival. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. a really good like anniversary gift. 
It's for him, but I'll wear it. Okay, let's hope he, <laughs> let's hope he doesn't listen. Oh, he won't. <laughs> Rounding out the panel, a comedian and another podcast host listened to her show, I Love My Kid, but wherever you get your pods, Megan Gailey, welcome back to Hysteria. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I just finished um, writing for the Critics' Choice Awards. and It was I, so funny. It was so you. funny, so Megan. I made direct eye contact with Oprah. <gasps> what? Yep. I mean, and there were celebs every, you know, like, it's like, we live in LA, we see celebs, but when they're all in one building, yeah. but I got to park closer than Oprah. And so when I saw her, like, walking in, I'm like, she should have had my spot. Wait, Oprah <laughs> parked? She wasn't dropped out? Well, she was, but then men were, like, walking her in, mm, you know, she man. had, like, a crew, but yeah, she just was so, like, it was, like, you would see the other celebs. You're like, Oprah's in the room. Oprah's in the house. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel, I, I kind of love events where there's a lot of VIPs there because yeah. even though I feel like it is, it is, like, the worst day of work for personal assistants everywhere because mm-hmm. they have to navigate trying to, like, retain their celebrity's feeling <laughs> of importance, but also, like, in a comp- hyper-competitive environment where everybody thinks they're, like, the most important person there. Like, my, um, I dated a guy for a few years who was a writer and was Emmy-nominated. And when we went to the Emmys, the funniest thing, my favorite part, was everyone waiting for their limos after. Mm-hmm. Because everyone thought they were the most important person. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing Jeffrey Tambor get real mad Waiting for his limo. People like sitting Wait, on there. Jeffrey Tambor has a, has a temper. Yeah, everyone was in pretty good spirits. I did pull out right in front of Mark Ruffalo's car <gasps> because oh I God. was in the best lot. Like I, no one else was in my lot. Like it did not make sense that I was. <laughs> I, I don't know what was going on, but yeah, he was like getting into a Volvo next to me. I was like, ah! <laughs> Have you ever noticed that celebrity in LA is kind of like the royal family, where it's like there's this everyone sort of knows the hierarchy, and yeah. you can't speak to someone if they're more famous than you. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for them to speak to you. Yeah. Alyssa, I wonder if you saw that when you were working in government, if there were people who are like, I feel like like that old saying that DC is Hollywood for ugly people. There are plenty. It of is. The, yeah. It is. But it is. It, did 100%. you see, would that play out as well when you were dealing with like big events or state dinners that there was a bunch of oh, people? Oh my goodness. I mean, with state dinners, it was always like, because there's protocol, there's like actual government protocol about who is like in the line of succession and therefore who gets to sit where. And one of the funniest things that ever happened, we were in South Korea and the South Koreans were very strict on protocol. And so from a protocol perspective, for some reason, I outranked the national security advisor. Wow. And I literally had to throw myself on their mercy. I was like, you don't understand. He and I are going to have beef if you (laughs) seat me ahead of him. So like, just move me back. It's fine. And um, she wouldn't. And so I just switched our place cards. (laughs) (laughs) But it's real. It's real in D.C. for sure. And there is a real like, you know, if you're a secretary, like who – I definitely waited for people to speak to me. I did not uh, go charge people. Be like, hey, hi, my name is Alyssa. I didn't do that. I feel like in D.C., it in L.A., there's a lot more like grace and finesse navigating that hierarchy. If you're hot, it can bump Probably. you up. Right, right, right. That helps. But I feel like if you could go to a party in L.A. and there could be like famous people there and everyone kind of knows how to go with the flow and work. There's no like record scratch everyone staring at somebody or somebody standing in the middle of the party waiting to be like treated like a big shot. That doesn't happen. I mean, it does happen. But the place that I've seen it happen was, oh God, in DC I saw it happen yeah. at Steve Bannon's CPAC party 
in like 2015 or something and like you were that. There I love when date. we go back. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? We all you were his plus one. We've all done things we're not proud of for our jobs. Um, I, I did. Oh, so. oh, no, no. But like Steve King was there. The famous like racist, like <laughs> bad K- guy, KKK adjacent former Iowa elected official was there standing in the middle of the party acting like a big shot. And I can't, I couldn't oh, like, no. couldn't describe the physical like mechanism. But you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like he was standing It's a there, real holding court vibe. Yeah, acting like a big shot. And like half the people there didn't know who he was because Steve Bannon would just invite everybody he thought was interesting to yeah, And it's parties. like you're not visually famous. You know, like right. your work is evil behind closed doors, but you're not on the cover of Cosmo, Steve. (laughs) Oof. Yeah, Steve King was not not a great, not a great person. Like, Chuck Johnson was there. You're not even the most famous Steve King. Yeah. In my my limited experience when I was, like, an entertainment journalist at EW, the people who were real nightmares were the people who weren't that famous. Because it's like, the people who were A-list were, like, gracious to me, and, like, they're like, you're doing a job, you're interviewing me, I'm doing my job, but it's like, not to, but like the CW level stars mm-hmm. were just like, they acted like I won like a Dan and yogurt contest for a meet and greet. <laughs> where I'm like, no, I'm here to inter- I, I'm here to do a job that I was assigned to do. I'm helping you. Yeah. I am helping you. Let me help you. It's yeah. my job to help you. You help me. I help you. Oh man, yeah, famous people. A lot of fun. Well, they're I'm, just like us. Congratulations, Megan. Thank you. Um, it must have been. Kind of a nice bump to follow some of the hosting that went kind of sideways at recent yeah, award shows. Yeah, I, I do think it also probably put, like, a lot more eyes on it. And we were very, very, like, aware of it. But we felt really good about what we were about to put out there. And, you know, there was a little wink in the monologue. And when that happened, yes. the room went wild. And that was, like, <laughs> I honestly, like, kind of got choked up because I was, like, writers never get called out in a positive way. And to, like, be one of them, it was really, it was cool. That's awesome. Congrats. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's move on to something a little bit less celebratory and a little bit more, like, whatever. Um, Ariana Grande has a new song out. And this comes kind of on the heels of several months of personal drama in Ariana Grande's life. Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande has sort of always been been a public figure that has had relationship drama front and center. Um, I think we all, everyone here knows that that's sort of a choice on the part of a celebrity. Mm-hmm. You you can't really have your personal business be out there completely against your will. That's not really possible. You don't have to lick the donut. You don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Ariana Grande's kind of tumultuous personal and dating life has been uh, – the subject of a lot of media attention for a very long time. The most recent media attention has been over her pairing with her Wicked co-star, Ethan Slater, who uh, is a former Tony Award nominee. He once played SpongeBob SquarePants on Broadway. (laughs) Um, And the, the way that this becomes sort of scandalous is that both Ariana and Ethan were married when they were shooting Wicked, and then all of a sudden they both were split up from their partners, and then they were both together. And that is a good example of what we call home wrecking, right? There's like two marriages, two homes split up. One had a one-year-old baby in it. Uh, one was a, a fairly recent marriage, but that that ended as well. So I kind of wanted to talk about Ariana's new song, Yes And, which sort of expresses a befuddlement over the fact that people are paying attention to her love life. 
when actually that kind of fuels her career. Um, and then also the way that people are kind of reacting to her just publicly, she's lost like 350,000 Instagram followers. Wow. Really? Yeah, since the song came out. Hit her will it where it hurts. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, so, I mean, Dana, you your eyes lit up with a theater kid level of familiarity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so what what do you make of this entire situation? I mean, just selfishly as an individual who doesn't know anyone involved, I was just delighted by this news because it's a fun scandal. Okay. Like I I was aware who Ethan Slater was. Like I knew about SpongeBob the musical. I, he was in like Assassins off Broadway. And the fact that like this like the energy of the one straight kid in theater getting the <laughs> hottest possible woman is just like endlessly uh, funny to me. And so it's like, as a as a metaphorical tabloid reader, I was just like, yeah, celebrities should be messy. Like, they're, they're go- they should entertain us. Like, that's fine. Because I don't know any of the people involved. I do think America as a whole is like a little weirdly puritanical about um, that type of scandal sometimes. Mm-hmm. And a little like hypocritical. Uh, but no, as like celebrities, I'm like, great, do fun, chaotic things. <laughs> so That's what just, Ariana Grande should do. Sing whistle notes and, and be entertaining. And break up marriages. <laughs> <laughs> Alyssa, what have you made of the story and like the whole idea of, I mean, I don't know. Like, does, does it make you uncomfortable? Do, do you no. Do you care? <laughs> no. So I had to Google because I was like, what's Ariana Grande been up to? And because the A last lot. thing I knew— uh, the last thing I knew about her was that she had licked some donuts. And so I Googled and I was like, I mean, here's the thing. One, it's always women who are the home wreckers. Like, yeah. you know, it's always the woman who's like, she's terrible. Like, don't get me wrong. M- I think my real sort of like home wreckery uh, pinnacle was Brad, Angelina, mm-hmm. and Jen oh, Aniston. Mm-hmm. I had like the kitten team Aniston <sighs> shirt. Like I was really invested in that particular breakup because I don't like when you humiliate the other person. Because remember back then there was the whole W Magazine cover because Mr. and Mrs. Smith was coming out and it was Brad mm-hmm. and Angelina pretending that they were a family. Mm-hmm. And like I thought that was humiliating. Like that's not nice. That's not correct. And so mm-hmm. with Ariana Grande, I didn't care until I listened to some of the lyrics of her song. And then I was like, you're an asshole. Oh, no. I haven't listened to the new song. Is she, really, is she doing mean stuff? She's saying like, why do you guys care whose dick I ride? And it's like, well, because he abandoned. And his family. Well, there's also, she also has a line in another song that's like, break up with your girlfriend. I'm you, bored. You can hit it in the morning. You know? Like, so I, there is, gosh, I do, I think everything everyone has said is, everything everyone has said is very true. And then when I think about them as people, which I think we are not prone to do, you go, mm. oh, a baby? Like, that does, it is like, oh, these are people and their family is broken up. But celebrities get divorced so much. Regular people get divorced so much too. But celebrities, it's like they're they're trading, they're swapping, they're switching tables. We we almost it's like they get divorced after six weeks. Like mm-hmm. they really trade constantly that we're so desensitized to it. But when there are sort of like other people involved mm-hmm. and then like children, like the Good Morning America scandal was so fun. 
Oh, and so then, I loved it. And then as, as we got amazing. more into it, it was like, they were separated. This was, just, but I go, if that was my best friend whose husband did, duh, 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 you know, like I'm fucking up his car. Yeah. I also have to say about Ariana Grande, I do think that being famous um, ruins your brain. Mm-hmm. And she has been famous since she was like 12 or 13. Yeah. I don't—this is not me trying to be condescending. I just don't think she understands, like, consequences or other people, but not because of who she— I just think the way that fame is constructed in a bubble, I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't think that person understands that his wife exists as a person. Like, I don't think she has object permanence mm-hmm. for other people. Yeah, I mean, I think something that that makes me a little bit uncomfortable about the whole, like, homewrecker narrative, which we see a lot in, like, celebrity culture. Also, can I just say, as you were talking about divorce, I think divorce, celebrity— celebrities like tendency to just have multiple divorces divorces mm-hmm. is a form of conspicuous consumption. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, divorce mm-hmm. in California is like 50 grand minimum. Yeah, it is expensive. so expensive and like these celebrities are getting divorces that are so fast. It's like you are paying six figures to get this taken care of. And how much was the wedding? And how much yeah. was the wedding? Exactly. It's a form of just like, wow, you might it's like driving around a, a like a tricked out Bentley. Like that is you have money. Like if you can get divorced several times, you've got money. I think the the home wrecker, the conversation is like why the attention goes to Ariana Grande as opposed to this man who left his newborn child. Because he's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I mean, he's also not releasing songs. They're like, and what, bitches? Like, yeah, yeah, And right. that's yeah. kind of what Ariana Grande is doing. I personally, I think maybe I have a little bit, I have a different perspective than I think like pop culture in general, but I think that like a man leaving his wife who he's been with since they were in college uh, with a one-year-old baby Ugh. is like, Unforgivable, unforgivably shitty behavior. I don't care if it is your hall pass celebrity crush that you've had since you were 12. Like, that is fucking shitty behavior. But the thing that does make me feel a little bit better in a spiteful and evil way is the fact that this— his his ex-wife or his soon-to-be ex-wife is his only adult relationship that he's ever had. And he is walking in dick first to a meat oh, grinder. It's a meat the grinder. Dumbest decision he ever could have made. He's, he's yeah. giving up everything for a person who has very publicly for very long kind of made a joke out of the fact that she ruins people's thank you next. lives. Right. And that yeah. men are disposable to her. I mean, yeah. that's just like thank you next. I mean, mm-hmm. that is the the ethos that she sort of yeah. And I think, you know, we're we're in award season right now. And I think it, it's worth examining the fact that a lot of kind of the award darlings that are men right now have recently ended or broken up long-term relationships. Um, and so why isn't, you know, Jeremy Allen White getting the same treatment that Ariana Like at Grande? all. Like n- not even remotely the same. It's just like here he is holding hands, <laughs> and and I think he is getting some level of like people. He's going, ooh, something's going on there, you know. Like I also and and I hear this of like uh, men that work as mechanics all the way up to Emmy winners. I think we just expect a lot less of men. Mm-hmm. And so we hold women to a higher standard because we go, how could they do this? W- women are supposed to be the moral compass. Mm-hmm. Right, because, they know better. Yes, because boys men be lead boys. with their dicks. Yeah. And so we've just written off that, like, they they can't handle themselves. And, like, that that's just very pervasive. Mm-hmm. And not to get all noble blood on, on this. Do. But I do think that this— attitude is a remnant from like medieval European Catholic sensibility. This idea that 
it is incredibly important that a wim- a woman, a wife, bearing an heir, mm-hmm. that it is the legitimate heir to this line. Mm-hmm. And that is something that has, like, been maintained, you know, for centuries of, like, dynastic European rule. That it's like a man can go and, like, have his affairs and mm-hmm. have illegitimate children. But mm-hmm. a, it is so incredibly important to the structure of our society that a woman's children are legitimate. I mean, tell me you don't know about genetics without telling me you don't know yeah. about genetics. There are like a thousand genes on the X chromosome. A man determines the sex of a baby, right? He can pass on an X or a Y, so he determines the sex of the baby. If he passes on an X, he passes on a thousand genes. If he passes on a Y, he passes on 80 genes. Whoa. So who is the heir, dude? It's the it's the girl. The girl is closer to her dad genetically than a boy. But it actually— I that not like, know that. Yep. That's wild. Yeah, the Y chromosome is weak, and it's going to be extinct in like t- 2 million I years. I did hear that. Yeah. <laughs> I did hear that. But I, but I do think we, we continue on this sort of idea that it's like a woman cheating is this mortal grievous sin as mm-hmm. compared to like a man because, you know, that, that can like go off and proliferate however he wants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like actually even in Europe by like the 1800s, once a woman had an heir, people kind of looked the other way if she wanted to like take a lover. I think that's nice. Megan. Yes. There you go. Oh, my gosh, I do. I have an heir. I have a Y. Man, I should have made some of those critic choice connections last. Yeah. You know what? There's always next award show. But I agree. I think that's, like, but, it, I mean, even, like, on a personal level, when I know women that have cheated and the men in my life are like, how could they do us? And it's like, we know men that cheat all the time. Mm-hmm. Truly. And the, the thing is, like, the reality of it is— that women sacrifice way more in the act of reproduction than men do. Like, you, you're you giving your body up for, like, two years. Like, also, in the act of being with a man, we yeah. sacrifice a lot more. My house is so messy. Yeah. My house used to be so neat, and yeah. it's so messy now. <laughs> um, I mean, I do think that, like, men kind of get away with leaving or breaking up relationships and and part of it, it becomes sort of like a chicken or egg thing. Like, A, we expect less of men, but B, let's be realistic about the way that many men are raised. They're raised among these expectations. So, like, even though these expectations are bullshit and they should be held to higher expectations and they're capable of being held to higher expectations, they don't really in practice. And so, like, I think the question becomes, like, how responsible are we for other people's relationships? How res- how responsible is a woman or a man, and is anybody, for another person's mm-hmm. marriage? Like, if— I actually think that someone like Ariana Grande, and again, I don't know her personally, but based on her public history and persona, who seems to take sort of like pleasure in in breaking up institutions for power, is actually like a really painful symptom of like women who are told that their only worth is validation from men. Mm-hmm. And her trying to establish like superiority over other women I think it's kind of that unfortunate attitude of, like, I'm not like other girls. Like, I'm cooler. Like, I can, quote-unquote, beat—and again, I'm projecting this on Ariana Grande. I don't mean it. But on mm-hmm. the, the persona of a woman who want, wants to steal another woman's man, mm-hmm. I think that is a, a really toxic symptom of a culture that says women's only worth is being better than other women— and men wanting you more than other women. Yeah. It is so interesting at this point when 
we are like shameless about almost everything in society, that it does still seem to be such a scarlet letter for a woman to be labeled as someone who will quote unquote steal another woman's man. Like I see it play out on Bravo all the time. It's like there's a woman who is in jail for defrauding elderly people. And and she's just like tweeting from jail. And then, and everyone's like, can't wait to have her back on the show. And then there's like a woman on Southern Charm who kissed her friend's ex. And everyone's like, we don't want to be around you ever again. Mm-hmm. And it's really like, oh, we have we are dying on this moral hill. Mm-hmm. I, at the same time, I can see like, okay, so after Ariana and Ethan got together, Ethan's wife kind of came out guns blazing, which I which I think is kind of awesome. Um, her name is Lily, and she seems cool. Um, but she said something to the effect of Ariana's not a girl's girl, which I think is a very like it's. Kind of, I would I would jump off a bridge if someone said that, that about me. That is such an like you ha- like. I feel like being competitive in the way that you're describing Dana. Um, and thinking that, like, it's all—we're all each other's sexual competition and, like, Oof. we're never supposed to work together or help each other or support each other or be interested in each other is, like, such a toxic and, like, old-fashioned, like, worldview. It just doesn't—I just feel like being the cool girl is so 2005. Like, I, I was going to say it's very dynasty. It's very not oh. landing. Like, I think— th- It's not landing. But if it's someone I didn't know said I wasn't a girl's girl, I'd be like, all right. I do, like at okay, yeah. I don't like I'd if feel my sad. best if my best female friend said that, mm-hmm. I would be upset. But I, I I don't we don't know, and I'm not defending her at all. But like as a married person, and as someone who is friends with couples, where I go, I don't get it. I'm never gonna get it, but it's not mine. It doesn't like I don't really understand other people's relationships and they don't understand mine. And it really, I lose zero sleep over it. That it's like, we don't know what Ethan is telling her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We don't know what she is telling Ethan. Like, there's all of these behind closed doors things of like, even the, the Jeremy Allen White thing, you know, I heard a rumor last week that it was like, you know what, maybe actually that's not how it went down. Like, it's like, mm. there's just so many factors and so many DMs mm. and so many other layered relationships that it's like, yeah, if you cheat with someone's husband, they're going to call you not a girl's girl. And what's she going to do? Mm. Not write a song? No, she's going <laughs> to put her high pony on, write a fucking song, and then lick all the donuts. Like, she does not care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I do think maybe when I was younger, I didn't feel like this. Like, if I were to—I feel feel like, first of all, Ariana Grande is in, like, me at age 23 mode, just making out with everybody. Yeah, yeah. And um, she's 30-something, I think, at this point. But when you're famous, I think—I genuinely do believe you stop developing— At the Mm -hmm. moment you became famous. Because you don't have to do anything for yourself. You don't have to, like, mature or, like, engage with— No one tells you no. You don't have to engage with the world in a critical or, or, like, challenging way. Mm -hmm. So I think her development stopped— as soon as people started bringing her water with a straw. Mm-hmm. We're also very, like, inclined that when a woman does something like this to make—because ex- it's like, well, it can't just be that she does not care about other women. It must be that she is not mature. She was abused. Like, we we really only almost have to give them a pass mm-hmm. because it's it's um, incomprehensible for us to think that a woman would do this to another woman. No, I yeah. actually think that both of those things. I think she is so famous that she's in a bubble that she does not care about other women. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. just other people, maybe. But I, I do think, like, you know, now that I'm 
older, and and it, that's kind of the unfairness of like learning things as you age or like wisdom or whatever. Um, I think now I have a perspective where when I was younger, if I was ever in a position to be with somebody who was in a relationship and not be bothered by it at the time, now I'm like, oh God, I don't Seems like terrible. Yeah, I don't want to do that to somebody else. I know that it takes two to tango, and everybody is responsible for their own relationship. And I would never just say like, Ariana broke up this marriage. No, he broke up he his broke marriage. Up the marriage. She broke she up broke her, up her marriage. own marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. They both re- wrecked their own respective homes. He had more in his home to wreck than she did. Right. Um, and so the co- I hope the consequences for him are steeper. But I think that now, if for whatever reason I was in a position to make a decision around whether or not to engage with a person who was, like, coupled. I just, I don't think I could do it. I don't think it's, it's like, I'm not morally okay so with it. So complicated. The logistics. The logistics. Alone. Who has time? Of having a secret family. CJ can barely have our family. <laughs> so it's like, there's not a chance you could have a whole other child. I just feel like that's some really, to, to put a, a positive spin on it, that is some admirable time management. <laughs> well, it's because... The, they're not fathering. Yeah, that, <laughs> you know, oh, they're true. like, "Hello, youngster," patting him on the head. Yeah, I've seen bucks. The Sopranos. He goes yeah. to his guma. He comes back. Yeah, they're not <laughs> doing anything. They're not like playing blocks with them. <laughs> oh man, I. You know what's funny? You, it's a guma. I'm thinking about this like new mob wife energy thing that people are talking about. Have you seen that? No. Yes. Oh my I god. Have. I have. So mob wife energy, Alyssa, take it away. What is it? It's just like all of these women who are just kind of like dressing like women in the Sopranos. It's like sequins. <laughs> it's tight. The hair is big. There's like French twists. Yeah, we're clock They're clipping smoking, again. Right? Okay. But the, okay. what's funny about this happening at the same time that we're having this like this what the nth whatever culture wide conversation about home wrecking is that like. There is a code that these, like, mob wives live by, where which is, like, they're loyal to their husbands. They don't sleep with each other's husbands. They uh, disrespect people who do sleep with, with their husbands. And, like, even though they are, like, straight-up profiteer or, like, you know, beneficiaries of crime, they are like, we still— have morals, and yeah. that's and that's the way that then that's what they follow. So, I I do say like I'm kind of with Alyssa here. Like I I kind of don't care about what Ariana Grande does in her personal life, and I do kind of think as a rule America is a little too puritanical. Like mm-hmm. I think we we tolerate a lot, and then we're like, but I draw the line at cheating, and you're like, all <laughs> right, adults are adults, and things are complicated, right? But I do think it's interesting, like tracing those dynamics of why, especially. We have these expectations on on female behavior mm-hmm. specifically. Totally. And, you know, I hope in the future, I don't think that it should be acceptable for anybody to blatantly, like, brag about causing uh, no, but such it's, personal it, It's wreckage. gross. Like, I can be like, that's not a person I would want to be friends with. Mm-hmm. But I'm like— I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to, like, go to Ariana Grande's yeah. house and, like, petition for not, for her not to be allowed to, you know, Sing be at the VMA. It's like, dude, sing your, wear your high ponies. Do your, yeah, be, a, do, be a singer. Do your thing. But, you know, we're also allowed to call things, like, obnoxious behavior and, like, <laughs> antisocial behavior and, like, crappy behavior. And I think that's about where we stand. Okay, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty.
They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's Omri certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Nike, Walmart, and Zappos. And even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use and you can get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers. And Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. And welcome back. Some announcements for the class before we get to Sandy Petty. If you haven't heard yet, Pod Save America is upping their schedule to three episodes a week starting today. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or watch along on YouTube. There is a lot to keep track of in a high-stakes election year. Voting deadlines, volunteer shifts, emergency therapy, and maybe also your job or whatever. That's why Crooked and Vote Save America created a comprehensive 2024 planner. It's filled with important dates, motivation, and some fun extras to keep you focused, sane, and organized. For the record, we tried to include a few Xanax, but the lawyers told us no. Also, we need those for ourselves. <laughs> Start the election year off right. Head to crooked.com store to get your planner now. Okay, time for Sanity Corner slash I Feel Petty. I'm going to go first. Alyssa had to duck out because the COVID took her. She gave us all she could. She gave it, she gave it her all. She wrung herself out. She really did. And she's, uh, she's a hero. Mm-hmm. I think that I don't, I don't use that term loosely. And I think Alyssa is legitimately and literally a hero. Okay, so I'm going to, I don't know if this is petty or not. We were going to put this under does this stupid bullshit matter, which is part of news. <laughs> but the news was running long. So I'm just kicking it down to petty. It's a little peek under the hood for you listeners. Okay. So I don't know if all of you love mess. Mm, I do. Personally, I love mess. Mm -hmm. Um, There are groups on Facebook around the idea where where women get together. They're private groups where women get together and talk about, uh, they do kind of gut checks on men that they're seeing Mm -hmm. or men that Mm -hmm. they're dating. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to name it because it's against the rules of the group to like name the group, whatever. Fight Um, Club. 
Essentially, yes. Um, but it's a group where you can, uh, again, married monogamous. I am not, I have no horse in this race. I do not participate. I just peer in and I'm like, I love this, this mess. Um, because it's women saying like, I just went out with this guy. What do you think of him? And then they'll post a photo and then people will weigh in. Hey, that's like, my husband. Who know him. Yes. <laughs> or like he dated my friend for like yeah. eight months and he said that he was single. You know, like yeah, it'll yeah. be, it'll be tea. And then sometimes it's like, I went on it with him on a Bumble date a few months ago and it wasn't a match, but he was really sweet and oh, really okay. nice. You yes. know, like stuff, stuff like that. So it's good and bad stuff. Sort of like the whisper network, but given the power of social media. Uh-huh. Right? Well, uh, most major cities have them. You know, mo- some major cities have more than one. Uh, well, it, this is... I guess, all kind of going to shit. A man in Chicago is suing 27 women over negative reviews in a Facebook group calling him clingy and a ghoster. 27? So. Well, suing is also pretty clingy now. Yeah. Like, all right, if you're trying to look chill and cool, <laughs> that's not the move. 27 feels like a pretty good consensus, yeah. too. <laughs> you got like, that's a lot of bad reviews, sir. That's like a, that's a, that's like a, that's oh. like a competitive dance team <laughs> worth wow. of bad reviews. Um, yeah, so basically this guy found out that he was being posted on um, the Chicago version of, of this, like, Facebook I wonder Facebook if my sisters group. know him. I guarantee well, one of my it's, friends dated him. it's public. His name is Nico D'Ambrosio. He's 32, and he says his name and photo were shared on the private Are We Dating the Same Guy Facebook page, according to the lawsuit filed in the Northern District of Illinois. He's suing 27 women, saying he's been subject to defamation, doxing, and invasion of privacy. So I just want to say this is like part petty, part public service announcement. Um, careful what you write down in a private Facebook group. Because it's not, it is not you texting your friend. It it's is not as private as you think. It's not as private as you think. I'd say careful what you text your friends, too. Ca- yeah. Voice ca- memos, okay? That's true. Oh. You and Naomi are yep. the queens of voice memos. That's all we do. I hate a voice memo. I'm sorry. You got. You just got to find someone you really connect with it on. And it's, Naomi and I will send like six minute ones. I can't. I, I need to do other things with my time. I know. I, I don't. I've got to use my ears to sense whether predators are approaching or whether or not I can safely hunt. Um, it's, it's, I think this is something that we saw like early on in the Me Too movement and I like wrote something about it uh, and I got in trouble and feminists got mad at me and I was like, I'm a feminist too. Don't get mad at me. I'm just pointing something out. Sorry. Um, There was like a spreadsheet that was going around, a Mm -hmm. Google spreadsheet that was like shitty men in media. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Anybody could anonymously, anybody with the link could anonymously edit it. And uh, it was, it had some wild accusations on there. Mm. And I knew that at least one person who edited it was like a pathological liar. Yeah, of course. Like a pathological, like dangerous liar. You know who I'm talking about, Dana. Every few years I I see that she's gotten another job and I'm like, you are all in trouble. This person is going to lie about and to you. And like it's, anyway, but I know that she was helping edit it and a couple guys I knew were on it and like some of the, some of the accusations were really, really crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, and what ended up happening was, you know, it's sort of like this isn't really a private whisper network anymore if it's a publicly accessible, yeah, like, thing that a ton of people have access to. So I just be really careful if you're trying to warn somebody about a person that they're dating, a person that they're seeing, or just a guy that they might work with. Be really careful what you write down, how you write it down, um, if it's possible for you to just say it 
to the person. Mm -hmm. um, that's better than just, you know, writing it down on Facebook. Don't Anything you post on Facebook, Facebook could be subpoenaed in a lawsuit like this, and you could have your – even if you think you're posting anonymously, you can have your identity revealed. Just be really careful. Be really – it's a very Careful. good PSA. Yeah. Like a genuinely good PSA. Not everyone is supposed to get married or yeah. wind up together. So mm -hmm. it's like sometimes you just date people and it's like, yeah, not for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like it, it. there is this very strange thing and, and it came about. I and you can probably edit this out but it was like people would be like I dated this guy and he really sucks and like he just got this job and I don't want him to have that job and it's like no that's actually not what this mm -mm. is for you no. know like that's if you had a if if someone was abusive to you mm -hmm. then like you got to let us know if you dated someone and it didn't work out I don't fucking care right yeah. and also I don't want to like downplay the fact that abuse exists and it's super underreported and people aren't believed, but like a person being mean to you is not the same as a person. And I would argue that it is actually actively harmful to it people is. who are being abused because it minimizes and then distorts and then um, muddies the water for genuine cases of abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that that a combination of private, semi-private. Yeah. Online spaces give people an artificial sense of, of security mm -hmm. and, like, an over-pathalization of simple romantic mismatches kind of leads to a situation where I think it was just only a matter of time before somebody got sued. Well, it's also the difference between a public and a private person. Like, you can say kind of whatever you want about Ariana Grande and her relationship <laughs> online. Yeah. Because in my mind, they're not real people. They're celebrities. So it's like, yeah, whatever. But it's like public people are, are very different. Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, all you have to do Private is, people, sorry. Yeah, all you have to do is have one uh, compliance meeting with your company's in-house First Amendment lawyer to get the shit scared out <laughs> yeah. of you. You can't say shit about private citizens without, like, it possibly getting you into big trouble. But also, Nico, if 27 women have bad reviews, maybe take this as an opportunity to do some soul searching. Maybe, <laughs> maybe take this as an opportunity to get representation, write a memoir, yeah. get talk to each of the 27 women to try to fix it. This wow. is a free idea. One-star dater. Yeah, exactly. 27 women or 27 bad dates. And then, like, write a book about what you learned from talking to all 27 women. That sounds like a very good you. book. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I would read that. Yeah, you could write a fictionalized version of it, too. Because I don't think Nico is much of a writer. Just going to guess. 32-year-old <laughs> Nico from Chicago. Probably not a literary literary guy. Um, don't sue me, Nico. Sorry if you are a good writer. Um, don't sue me. Okay. Uh, Megan. Okay, I have a sanity. Um, as we said, it's award season, and Monday night was the Emmys, and I'm just going to say I don't think the Emmys should be on a Monday night, um, but that's neither here nor there. And Niecy Nash Betts won Best Supporting Actress in a limited series, which was Dahmer, which I'm not going to watch because I don't want to be that scared. But <laughs> in her acceptance speech, she thanked herself, and I loved that. And, like, the room got, it, it, you know, Exploded, And then she went on to give a name and a voice to black women who have been murdered by police and the government. And so that was rock on, too. But to thank yourself in an, in an acceptance speech, and she doubled down afterwards. She goes, I'm the only one who knows everything that I've been through. And I believed in myself to get here. And she thanked other people. And as I said, she she really, like, used her time. In, and she was like, I'm going to speak truth to power till the day I die. And in the same breath, she thanked herself. And I loved it. 
Very cool. Right. That is a good sanity corner. So, like a good award speech, yeah. that's enough to like warm your heart for a few days. It is funny because Io in her Golden Globe speech thanked all of her representation's assistants, mm-hmm. which everybody in the room, they like cut to Taylor Swift and she's nodding. But it's been funny since then. Everyone's been trying to have, they're like, and we'd like to thank the camera operator. And it's like, <laughs> okay, we get it. You all see other people that aren't just famous people. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Everybody's trying to go viral now. They're yes. like, ooh, how can I get they're some like, of that? like, I'd like to thank lunch. Uh, Okay, Dana, bring us home. Okay, this is actually a a last-minute swap in my mind. But the thing that actually is keeping me sane these days, because I'm working from home, I'm sort of self-employed, like I do a bunch of writing projects, the thing that I do every day that actively keeps me sane is write a to-do list. Oh. Mm. Every single day. Wow. uh, I swear to God, like the night before, I'll write my to-do list of like the things I have the next day and like the things I want to get done. And it like— I I think without it, I would just be floating in space. If you are someone who, like, works from home or doesn't have, like, a structured job, I could not recommend— or if you're someone with a broken brain like me, like, I cannot (laughs) recommend it highly enough. It is the thing. Ian, my husband, has started doing it because he was, like, working a full-time job and now is, like, working from home. And, like, it just, like, keeps you grounded and productive and gives you, like, little tasks— uh, it's it's the 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 main thing keeping me sane these days. Do you have like a little to do list pad, or are you writing it in your phone? Um, I have to write it by hand physically because yeah. okay. you have to cross it out. And this is the most embarrassing thing. At a bachelorette party, I got a notepad like that as like the little like giveaway. It was like uh-huh. everyone's name on Cute. the little notepad, and I used up that whole pad. And I got another like blank pad, but I didn't like it as much as the one that had had my name on it. So I ordered from the exact same company that the bachelorette party had used, or like the bridal shower or whatever. And they only did bulk orders. I couldn't just do one. So I ordered <laughs> six pads wow. with my name on it because I liked that like novelty gift. I was like, this is the paper that I like. It's the weight. This is the <laughs> yeah. size I like. And so I ordered six custom pads just for myself. And oh then my is God. the pen like a pink dick? <laughs> <laughs> and this is also a really dorky thing that I'm almost embarrassed to admit on uh, a recording device. I took a handwriting class <gasps> last year. What? I remember that. You were, yeah. wasn't it like calligraphy? Well, wow. no. So oh. it, was, it was a woman who is like the head calligrapher at the Victorian Albert Museum in London. Sure, what? naturally. That's a job. It's a job mm-hmm. because, of course, they're doing calligraphy all the time. But she does like handwriting and it's a private lesson. It was like wildly affordable. Like it sounds so bougie. Like it was not expensive. Not a wait list for that class. No. She's like, great. And it was just she and I on Zoom and... Uh, she, like, helped me make a handwriting, and now I'd, like—it's really soothing and relaxing. I, like, do my to-do list. I write it out really neatly, and I feel really centered and organized. Wow. That's this a- is why you went to Brown and I went to a state <laughs> school. <laughs> uh, that actually—you know, could you take a handwriting class? Like, let's say you were planning on doing a crime yeah. that required you to disguise your handwriting. Ooh. Would that change the way your handwriting appeared enough that a handwriting expert could not detect— my handwriting is is really different. Okay. I think the paper trail from this class might um, mm-hmm. might implicate me, but if I could have done it, if I threw away all my practice pads, mm-hmm. I could probably get away with something. And then we scrub the internet of this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we got to go back and make sure that it's it's deleted. Cheryl at the V and A Museum. <laughs> 
It wipes <laughs> me from her record. <laughs> no, you make an appearance. It's like suddenly mm. this the, the 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 movie or the whatever murder mystery starts with like a handwriting expert being murdered. Yeah, and then we turn. Cheryl's <laughs> dead. Yeah, Cheryl <laughs> Sorry, died. Cheryl. Dana did it because <laughs> no! she was going to do a bigger crime. With a pen. With a pen. <gasps> yeah. That's a really good, I feel like this is a really good, like, um, lifetime. It has lifetime mystery. vibes. Yeah. 100%. All right, I'll voice memo Naomi about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all the time we have for this week's episode of Hysteria. Thank you, Megan and Dana, for joining me. This was a super fun conversation. Alyssa, get well soon. And listeners, if you want to get in touch, hysteria at crooked.com. There will be more Hysteria for you next week. Don't forget to follow us at Crooked Media on IG, Twitter, and TikTok. Subscribe to Hysteria on YouTube for access to video versions of your favorite segments and other exclusive content. And if you're as opinionated as we are, consider dropping us a nice review. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Reston is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. And Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. Fiona Pestana is our associate producer. The show is engineered and edited by Jordan Cantor. We get audio support from Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis. Our video producers are Rachel Gajewski and Megan Patzel. And thank you to Julia Beach, Ewa Okolate, Adia Hill, and David Tolls for production support every week. The government of Kenya pledged to end gender-based violence by 2026. The Ministry of Health in Uganda is trying to eradicate yellow fever. It's ambitious to make these kinds of pledges, but it is much harder to achieve these lofty goals. Are these leaders really delivering on these promises for women and girls? Tune into a new season of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a podcast from Foreign Policy, as reporters across Africa meet courageous women holding leaders accountable in various sectors, including healthcare, startups, and government. Listen to The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.